What's up everyone? Good morning and once again welcome to our Water's Edge Sunday morning online worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these online digital worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. Like I say every week, we have people tuning in from all over the place. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us through giving and generosity online and meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. When you worship with us through giving and generosity, you meet the model of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave, and you allow us to help more people, love more people, serve more people, and feed more people in the community and the city that we love and make the love of God visible for the community that we live in and that we care so deeply about. So thank you so very much for giving and worshiping with us through generosity. Today we continue with our current series and this series is called Heart to Heart and this is what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks. I just want to share as we enter into the summer some of the most important lessons I've ever learned in my life, some of the most important lessons I've ever learned in my heart, some of the most important passions of my heart, passions for you, passions for me, passions of my heart for our church, and passions of my heart for our city and for our community. Today, we move on with part three. And today, I want to share with you my favorite Bible story ever. When we're talking about different passions of my heart, different lessons that I've learned that I would like to share with you, I got to share my favorite Bible story ever and my favorite Jesus story ever. Sometimes I have to go in to see my doctor. And my doctor's nurse will give me an injection of this specific medicine. And I remember not too long ago, I went in to see my doctor to get my injection, to get my medicine. And I noticed there were several other people in the waiting room that were there before me. And so I just assumed that they were ahead of me in line. And so I check in at the nurse's station. I let them know that I'm there. I sit down. And as soon as I sit down in the waiting room, they call my name and they call me to go back to get my medicine. And so my doctor's nurse gives me this injection of the specific medicine that I need. Once the injection is over, she hands me a sheet of paper to take to the receptionist to schedule my next injection. And so when I look down at the paper, I realize that it's not my name on the paper. It's a different name. My name is Tony Bork. This person's name was Mr. Tawny. Not T-O-N-Y, but T-A-W-N-Y. So I looked at the nurse and I said, did you give me the wrong piece of paper or did you just give me someone else's medicine? I said, I'm Tony, not Tawny. I said, this paper says Mr. Tawny. I said, and, and I'm Tony Bort. She goes, oh my gosh, I did give you someone else's medicine. I did give you someone else's injection. My mistake. I said, well, I got to be honest with you. When I heard you say Mr. Tony, I thought you said Tony, so I just went on back. But luckily, this guy took the same medicine that I took and the same dosage and the same injection. But I started thinking about that. That nurse did say his name correctly, but it just sounded so much like my name that I got confused. But also this, that nurse didn't know me and she didn't know that other guy. 
She didn't know me well enough and she didn't know him well enough to recognize that I wasn't him and that he wasn't me. She didn't know what I needed because she didn't really know me. She didn't know what he needed because she didn't really know him. If you know me, I mean, if you really, really know me, then you're not going to get me confused with someone else, especially if you have something for me, like something important like medicine. But if you don't really know me, then you don't really know what I need. If you don't really know me, then you don't really know what I'm going through. You don't really know what I'm battling with. You don't really know what I'm struggling with. You don't really know what's going on on the inside if you don't really know me. And so as a result, you can get what I need in my life wrong if you're trying to help me out. You can just get it wrong if you don't really know me. And have you ever felt like you really, really knew someone only to find out later that you didn't really know that person? Several years ago, I met this young man and his family and him and I became quick, quick friends. In fact, a long time ago, we would both say that we were best friends. Every time we were together, we would pray together. We would talk about anything and everything for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I would tell people, I feel like I know him and he feels like he knows me. I would vouch for him. I would stand up for him. I would defend him. I felt like I knew this person. And then something happened and I found out that he was doing something that was hurting a lot of people. And the more that I found out, I realized I don't know him at all. And as his friend, or I thought that I was his friend, I never knew how to help him out as he was going through this tough time and this time of battle and this time of struggle because he never let me know who he really, who he really was and he was never honest with me about what he was going through. He was never honest with me about his battles. He was never honest with me about his struggles. And I also thought about that. If I don't open up in honesty and let you know me and let you know the true me and the real me, if I'm not honest with you, if I'm not honest with God, if I'm not living a genuine life and an open life and an honest life, an authentic life, then you don't know what I need and you don't know what I'm going through and you don't know what I struggle with and you don't know what I battle with and you may get what I need wrong if I'm not honest with you. And there's two people in this life that know you, the real you, the you that no one else knows and that's you and that's God. Both you and Jesus know what you need. Both you and Jesus know what you battle with. Both you and Jesus know what you struggle with. Both you and Jesus know the storms in your life, the fears in your life, and the uncertainties in your life. You know you better than anyone else, and Jesus knows you better than anyone else. You know how you feel, and so does God. You know your battles. You know your pain. You know your shame. You know your guilt. You know your regret. You know your fears. You know your anxieties, and so does God. And the great thing about Jesus is that He won't forget about you. He won't leave you. He won't shame you. He won't judge you. He won't walk away from you. He won't ignore you. He won't reject you. And he will not and he will never get what you need wrong. Yes, we battle with storms. Yes, we battle with temptations. Yes, we battle with fears. Yes, we battle with darkness and confusion and self-hatred and hurt and despair and failure and heartache. But God can be our source of strength and he wants to be our source of strength. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 9. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. As Jesus was walking along, 
he saw a man named Matthew sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Now Matthew was a Jewish man who was collecting taxes for the Roman government. He had owned a tax franchise from the Roman government. So he was collecting taxes from his own people. So his own people thought he was a traitor. His own people thought he was scum. His own people thought he was lower than dirt. Rejected by his own people. Rejected by his own religious leaders. Kicked out of the synagogues. Kicked out of church. You cannot worship with us. You are a Jewish man working for the Romans. You are working for the enemy. You're a traitor. We want to have nothing to do with you. You are scum. But when Jesus gets ready to call his disciples, he stops at a tax collecting booth and he calls Matthew to be one of his disciples. So Matthew gets up and follows Jesus. Even though he's made to feel too bad for God, he gets up, Matthew does, and follows Jesus. Even though he's been made to feel not good enough for God, too unworthy for God, and rejected by religion, Jesus goes by Matthew's tax collecting booth, calls him to be a disciple. Matthew gets up and follows Jesus Christ. He left his excuses behind in that tax booth and he got up and he followed Jesus. Why? Because it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what other people think about you. Doesn't matter how other people shame you or how they judge you or how they're critical of you. Doesn't matter how religion and churches look down on you. It doesn't matter if other people think you're a failure. It doesn't matter. It only matters what Jesus thinks of you. You know you, but Jesus knows you, and he wants you no matter what, and he will never get what you need wrong. Verse 10. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable Sinners. Now, in the days of Jesus, they practiced guilt by association. If you associated with sinners, then probably you're just as bad as them. If you associated with tax collectors and prostitutes, then probably you're just as bad as them. If you associated with Samaritans, criminals, outcasts, lepers, then probably you're just as bad as them, guilt by association. So this was a big deal for Jesus to accept this dinner invitation and go to Matthew's house to sit down at Matthew's table with his disciples and all of Matthew's friends, all the other sinners and tax collectors. It was a big deal to sit down at Matthew's table and eat with them and dine with them and hang out with them and love on them and serve them and be friends with them. Jesus puts his love for all people before his very own reputation. Jesus puts his love for all people before his very own life. Verse 11. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Now, it's not that these people that were at Matthew's table were really, really, really great people that didn't hardly do anything wrong, and these religious leaders just decided not to like them. That's not what was going on here. So it's not that all these people, all of Matthew's sinner friends and tax collector friends that went to his house on that day to eat with Jesus and his disciples were great people that the religious leaders just decided to not like for no reason at all. No, at Matthew's house, Matthew's friends, this was the rough crowd. This was the tough crowd. 
This was the broken crowd. This was the sinful crowd. This was the messed up crowd. This was the crowd that was considered unholy because many times they did unholy things like us, like me, and like you. We all have our own personal battles. You do and I do. We all have our own personal failures, our past, our shame, our guilt, our regrets. You have it and I have it. We all have our own personal despair and anger and sadness. You have it and I have it. But notice the response of Jesus in verse 12. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. The truth is, the religious leaders were spiritually sick too. They just didn't see it or admit it. And this is what Jesus meant when he said that. And notice this today. If, if you're still with me, Sam, still with you. God can only help us when we're willing to be honest enough about our battles and admit our need for help. God's not going to get you confused with someone else. He knows you better than you know yourself. God's not going to overlook what you need. He knows you better than you know yourself. God's not going to overlook your hurts. He's not going to overlook your pain. He's not going to overlook your storms. He's not going to overlook your battles. God knows you better than you know yourself. God's not going to get what you need wrong because he knows you better than you know yourself. A doctor can't help you unless you make an appointment with a doctor. Go see the doctor and let that doctor know about your symptoms. And also Jesus can't set us free until we finally seek Jesus and follow Jesus and be honest enough to admit that we need his grace and that we need his help and that we need his love and that we need his forgiveness. But one thing's for sure, no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, no matter what other people say about you, Jesus Christ always wants to sit down at your table. And this is my favorite passage in the Bible because I can see myself so vividly in this story. This is my favorite Bible story. This is my favorite Jesus story. This is one of the most favorite things I love to talk about when I talk about God and the Bible and Jesus and faith because I can see myself at this table with Jesus and Matthew and all of Matthew's broken friends. I can see myself with Jesus and his disciples and all the tax collectors and all the sinners. I have a past, but Jesus sat down at my table with me anyway. I have guilt and regret and shame, but Jesus sat down with me at my table anyway. I have battles and failures and storms, but Jesus sat down with me at my table anyway. I have sins. I have weakness. I have guilt, but Jesus sat down at my table with me anyway. I have mistakes. I have weaknesses, but Jesus sat down with me at my table anyway. Sometimes I hate my appearance, but Jesus sat down at my table with me anyway. I hate my thoughts sometimes. I hate my urges sometimes. I hate my attitudes sometimes. I hate my emotions sometimes. But Jesus sat down with me at my table anyway. I hate my excuses sometimes. I hate my reactions sometimes. But Jesus sat down with me at my table anyway. Sometimes I get weak with depression still. I get weak with fear still. I get weak with selfishness still. But Jesus sat down with me at my table anyway. I get weak with greed still. I get weak with regret still. I get weak with negativity and doubts about my faith still. But Jesus sat down with me at my table anyway. I feel fake at times, but Jesus sat down with me at my table anyway. I feel cold at times. I feel like giving up at times. I feel sorry for myself at times, but Jesus sat down with me at my table anyway. Why? Because he loves me. Why? Because
because He knows me. Why? Because He knows what I need. Why? Because He won't get what I need wrong. He knows what I need and He knows that I'm sick and that I need a doctor. And so what's my response? I get up and I leave everything else behind and I follow him. I leave behind my excuses. I leave my selfishness behind. I leave my fears behind and I follow Jesus. And then once you realize how amazing God's love is and how good God's love is and how patient God is, then you want to invite everyone that you know that's hurting and struggling to sit down at your table with you so they can experience the same love that God gave you. Let's go back to Matthew's tax collection. Booth. He got up and left it behind. But I can imagine what all was sitting with him every single day as he sat in that booth. His fears, his guilt, his emptiness, his shame, his hurt, his past, and on and on. Now this is how we read the Bible. And this is how the scriptures and the story of Jesus come alive in our life and how they become relatable we place ourselves in this story. You're Matthew in this story. You're the tax collector. So let's ask this question. What is sitting with you in your booth? What is it that you don't like about yourself? What struggle are you dealing with? What fear are you dealing with? What insecurity are you dealing with? What heavy burden is sitting with you in that tax collecting booth? What heavy burden is on your mind? What heavy burden is on your emotions? What heavy burden is on your soul? What heavy burden is on your heart in that tax collecting booth? Is it a sadness? Is it a loss? Is it a big decision that you know that you need to make that's complicated? Is it a heartache? Is it a weakness? Is it an insecurity? Is it a fear? Is it a battle? Would you be willing to let Jesus be your source of strength? Would you be willing to leave it there in that tax collecting booth, get up, let him be your source of strength, and follow Jesus Christ? And now you'll be sitting with Jesus at his table. And so then Matthew brought everyone else to his table. When Matthew finally got up and followed Jesus and brought Jesus to his table, he brought everyone else with him to his table, which leads me to one last thing. This is what it is, and notice this today. It's not about how perfect you are that draws people to Jesus. What really draws people to Jesus is how honest you are about why you actually need Jesus. It's only the sick that need a doctor. I admit I need Jesus at my table because I'm not always strong, and so I need him. I need Jesus at my table because I'm not always holy, and so I need him. I need Jesus at my table because I don't always have a very strong faith and so I need him. I need Jesus at my table because I battle with thoughts that sometimes I don't want to battle with and so I need him. I battle with emotions that sometimes I don't want to battle with and so I need him. I battle with fears that sometimes I don't want to battle with, insecurities that sometimes I don't want to battle with. Sometimes I'm not very courageous and so I need him. Sometimes I'm not very brave and so I need him. Sometimes I don't feel okay and so I need him. And he's not going to get what you need wrong in this life. About 18 years ago, I was preaching a revival in Gina, Louisiana. And as we gave the invitation, this 16-year-old girl came up to pray with us and get some counseling with us. And this was her story. Her mom had gotten married to her dad when she was very, very young. And her dad abused her. Sooner or later, the dad got sent to prison the mom remarried, and the stepdad also abused this young girl. The mom and the stepdad were, 
hooked on pills. And so she ran away to live with her boyfriend. She ended up getting pregnant. And about six months into the pregnancy, she lost her baby and her boyfriend broke up with her. And so now she was just kind of like couch surfing and living with friends, 16, about to be 17 years old. And this is what she told us. She goes, I need y'all to pray for me because I don't even want to be alive. I don't even have a reason to be alive. And does y'all's church accept people like me? Do y'all love people like me? Are people like me welcome at your church? And I remember I heard the pastor tell that young lady, he, he said this. He said, if we don't welcome people like you, then we're not a church. It's not the sick who need a doctor because we're all sick and we all need help and we all need God. And Jesus will not get what you need wrong. And so if Jesus has touched your life, then invite other people to the table. And this is why I love this story so much. And this is why this is one of the passions of my heart and one of my most favorite Jesus stories in the Bible is because we are all sitting with Jesus at this table. We are all tax collectors. We're all sinners. We're all invited to Matthew's house to sit down at that table because we all have things about our life that we wish we could erase. We all have things about our life that confuse us. We all have things about our life that cause us so much fear and so much uncertainty. Many times in this life we just don't feel okay. But understand, Jesus loves you no matter what. He's never going to let go of you and he's never going to get what you need wrong and so we get up and we follow him because it's Jesus Christ that calls and loves and uses the most broken people of society and that's me and that's you and that is one of the passions of my heart thank you so very much for tuning in today thank you so very much for hanging out with us and don't forget right after this message stay tuned for the amazing Water's Edge Worship Band we cannot wait to see you back next week